Whatever happened to the Manchester Business School? Part 1. A Nostalgic Train Journey I leave my retirement home in Woodford Garden Village and take a rumbling suburban train into the metropolis of Manchester. I'm in search of times gone by. In particular, I want to find out what happened to a place where I spent a large proportion of my working life. I've packed my lunch. Budgeons roll with Budgeons Leardama cheese and Disbury Deli ham slice. Plus my every drop counts water dispenser urged on me by Physio Lindsay. As the train makes its leisurely way northwards, memories come back to me of a red brick building on Booth Street West, wedged between the university along Oxford Road and the banded territories of Hume and Moss Side to the south. Further down Main Road in those days, and in hearing distance on Saturdays, was Main Road Station, home to a struggling football club known as Manchester City. Later, a grand new building was built opposite us. Our new neighbour was the Royal Northern College of Music, on the corner of Oxford Road and Booth Street West, later extended facing us. You might say the business school with the football club and music college had acquired two noisy neighbours. The Royal National the RNCM, has a history dating back to the 19th century. In 1858, Sir Charge Halle founded the Halle Orchestra in Manchester and by the early 1890s had raised the idea of a music college in the city. Following an appeal for support, a building on Ducey Street was secured. Halley was appointed principal and Queen Victoria conferred the royal title. For reading today, I have my book with me, which arrived from the publishers yesterday. It's a leadership book written by Dr. P.K. Richardson. Its arrival prompted this nostalgic journey I'm taking. P.K. was a colleague and a dear friend at MBS for many years. He will not mind me remarking on his entrepreneurial flair. He acted as a go-between with the British Council, offering conjuring up cohorts of overseas students and squeezing them into the business school. He was also a born leader of overseas expeditions. When he would dress in the garb of a high-ranking Ghanaian military officer, which seemed to ease our passage through immigration checks. I later noticed his other actions which helped oil the wheels in these operations. I'd written a positive comment about the book based on a draft version. It appears on the back cover. I now note sniffingly that PK has not referenced me inside the book. I can hear him explain it to avoid the impression that my comment was biased in any way. The train will soon reach Oxford Road, once my station of choice. In those days, I was unaware I was walking past the Hacienda, centre of the emerging subculture of Manchester. Close by is the corner house, but now no longer propping up the corner of Oxford Road Station. I have a suspicion that I used to misdirect tourists in search of the Hacienda to the corner house by mistake. An incoming tweet from old MBS techie friend confirms I might have been muddled about the location of the Hacienda. He, in contrast, 
actually visited a virtual Hacienda New Year's Eve party, or at least his avatar did. My wine is wandering to my earliest days at MVS. I now see it was a chance meeting, a closing door incident. And without it, I may never have had an academic career, for better or for worse. I fictionalised that meeting in my book, Chronicles of Leadership. In the book, a young scientist with an interest in chess has been attracted to an academic life from a scientific one by a charismatic professor. Yes, it's quite clear I'd borrowed the storyline from my real-life encounter as a scientist with a charismatic academic from Manchester Business School. The fictional character was drawn from the head of the R&D unit, Alan Pearson. I realise now he was another entrepreneur just like PK. Alan was to become my academic line manager. In the book, his character retained Alan's essentially entrepreneurial tendency as a cheerful rule-breaker in order to enhance the success of his research unit. I pictured myself in the book as the scientist I was at the time. Even my appointment required some nifty bending of the rules that were unquestioned in the wider university had been rather disregarded at the newly emerging business school. Now, with the metro approaching Oxford Station, I tried to disentangle the fictional scene I created from what actually took place. I estimate this was in the early 70s, let's say about half a century ago. To be continued. In the next podcast, I describe my meeting with the first director of the business school, Grigor McClelland, and begin my new career there as a research fellow in the R&D research unit.